Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, uh, Richard Polly, and joining me is Bob D. All right, landlord. <laughs> and just returned from the UK system open, uh, Darren Granger. Hello there. Hello, mate. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit today about the um, about the UK system open, um, one of the biggest events in the X-Wing calendar. Um, so I think this year was uh, not the biggest that they've ever had, but we'll go into that a little bit later. Um, and then we're going to just have a quick chat through um, the top four lists, uh, the final um, and the winner. Um, but um, Darren... Of the three of us, you were actually there playing at the event. Um, I know, Bob, you made a, a special guest appearance and guest starred on the, the two streams for a, a couple of games. Uh, but Darren, how did you uh, how did you get on? How did you find the event? So, um, yeah, the event was good. It's always a, a good event to try and go every year. Uh, it was a little bit smaller this year, but I think that's just because of the uh, short uh, time window that they gave everybody. So there's about 485, I think, people that went in the end. Uh, I mean, around that's that number. still a big event, isn't it? Oh, it's I mean, still a massive event. Like it's, it's not bigger than the biggest X-wing event. It's not, you know, it's not worlds, but it's, but it's, it... it's definitely like the biggest um, system open. Yeah, how, how big was worlds this year? Was it bigger than four hundred and eighty? Uh, so I think they had probably about three hundred each day. So okay. I, th- I think worlds is the biggest, but. Just... Um, that's that's over a couple of days this is kind of a, a one day event which is okay. just huge um and and yeah i mean um i did i did all right i took the list that i took to the sitter open last week mainly because i didn't have any time to practice at all so did i went in confident but not expecting to do amazing um and i managed to go six and oh in swiss so that so you did all right then yeah, well, yeah I did all right. Did all right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, did, did you think that the reps that you had with it the weekend before gave you kind of an advantage against other people who'd maybe not played a, a larger tournament um, yes. between points changes? Yeah, absolutely. So the reps the weekend before, the only two games I lost were against Julian Hood, who was in the final, and Ollie Pocknell, who you might have heard of him. He is the current world champion. Um, so, yeah, so some good, good games. Um, I think I played what? six ten games that weekend and lost two and then um went into it and i think uh, one of the other things i noticed was there are a lot of big big names missing from the event this year so like ollie was there but um jack mooney wasn't who won it last year uh bartosh wasn't who's current uk a national champion um and and yeah there's just just a lot of other people that just weren't there now whether that's because they the timing of it or because they they're not playing at the moment i I don't know um but yeah so it it was good i managed to play six completely new people that i never played before um had some super super close games Uh, i'm talking being down by one or two points and then clutching it on the last dice roll of of just pure luck to be honest huge variance um, and swinging it, getting points to get half points on ships and things like that. Sure, I, um, love that. I love that about the big events is when you go and you play six completely fresh faces and you just don't know any of those people. 
because you know if you're just playing around the local store meta or whatever you know you go and you always bump into the same kind of people and you always end up being paired or you get friendly fire with your club mates but 480 people in the room the odds of you being paired into somebody either that you play with regularly or that you've played before at a bigger event are quite low so I think that's pretty cool that you didn't kind of double up on somebody you know from last weekend or the guy that you travelled down in the car with for example you know that kind of nonsense that sometimes happens yeah absolutely it it meant that I just got um, six completely unknown games which helped me in a way because no one knows what Jumpmaster does Um, I had to explain a few times the that you couldn't cancel crits um, from uh, auto blaster if he's out of arc even if you were at range two with the gas cloud between you, and that makes a sad Obi Wan. Um, <laughs> yeah, and a, and a few other ships uh, uh, were, were kind of at the, nice. uh, the, the felt the curse of uh, Nom Lum and his auto blaster. Mm-hmm. So you did six and zero in day one, which means yes. that you got a lie in this morning uh, for day two. I did um, indeed get a bit of a lie in, so you didn't have to play into. The round of 32, was it? You went straight into that? Yeah, so I went straight into top 32. Um, turned up probably about an hour after they'd started playing. Had a bit of a nice leisurely breakfast. Checked out the hotel. Uh, walked the minute and a half around to the venue. Um, it took me an extra half a minute because the horrible, horrible weather um, and, and the wind. Um, but yeah, uh, so kind of checked in. Got my tickets for first round win. Um, and the the box, which is quite nice actually, um, it's a bit of a, a, a new prize that they've kind of started to throw in there. Um, is the uh, the uh, the box uh, for it holds like uh, forty ships, something like that? no twenty ships. Oh, okay. there's, there's Has it got foam stuff in it and everything? Like yeah, that? yeah. Oh, so nice. there's, there's nice. foam on the top. Oh, that's, that's nice. Yes, it's like a bit of a carry case. It has X-Wing on it. Um, it's got Inferno Squadron. Uh, and then with all the tickets that I'd won, I managed to get all of the all of the Inferno Squadron punch card. Um, and because I was in top 32, I got the plastic cards and some range rulers. And um, I also picked up with some spare tickets that other people gave me uh, some of the charge tokens as well. So... I actually did all right from swag point of view. Like I got everything I wanted, uh, but it's made me hungry for another one. Um, I, I was trying to wind up. Well, uh, I was having a bit of a chat with uh, Marcel Manzano uh, over the uh, the course of the uh, day, and he was uh, a little bit worried that I was going to get a title with four Jumpmasters before he did, because uh, he's not doing a system open until Adepticon. So uh, it, 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 I, I was pleasantly surprised with how I did in day one. Um, and I'm not at all disappointed that I went out um, in the cut round one. Um, the guy I went out to uh, actually made it all the way to the top four. So I guess that nicely segues into uh, our next section. Yeah, so um, just before we go into the top four, I just want to run through briefly the, the Sith takers that were at the event. Um, yourself and Craig Reed um, went to furthest, so Craig went to top eight. Um, so... Uh, well done to him. Um, he is once again the most successful read uh, in UK X Wing, so that's good. Um, and well liked. Also... <laughs> 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 in fact, um, I think he's the only one that's liked. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, well done to um, yourself and Craig um, for kind of powering through in, in the main event. Uh, in the, uh, the Sunday um, Extended Worlds Qualifier, um, Tim, producer Tim, um, and a friend of the show, Dave Sutcliffe, who's been on a couple of times, uh, both managed to go 5-0 and and win their Worlds invites. Uh, so Dave did it with a Sloan Swarm that he flew at the Sith Taker Open last weekend. Um, and producer Tim did it with five Thai Advanced. I think all with passive sensors was the version he was flying. Uh, so well done to them. Yeah, Tim's just four with passive sensors and then one with fire control. Okay, he's still got the um, Ved Foslo or whatever it's called. In yeah. Because he's still got, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool, cool. Um, so yeah, well done to those guys. Um, so yeah, that takes us through to um, talking about top four. I mean, Darren, do you, do you want to talk about any of your particular games? Have you got any standout moments or cool things or anything you want to call out about the games that you played? Weirdly, they've all kind of blurred into one. It was it was a long old day. <laughs> like we just because they were all so super close, mm-hmm. um, and because they all swung massively on variants at various points. Um, but it, it's it's hard to pick out. Like there are a few standout moments. Like there was a game round five against uh, uh, an Italian who um, I can't remember his proper name, but he, Danny is what uh, the Italians call him. Um, and basically, uh, a couple of jump masters died before I'd really done anything. He was flying Boba Fett, uh, Skull Squadron with Fearless, and uh, Genesis Red. And Genesis Red is just disgusting when she's uh, higher pilot skill than something because uh, she had proton torpedoes and that's the sick that basically goes, I'll take the target lock and I'll get a focus for free. So double modded. Um, And so I just lost a couple of jump masters before I'd really done anything. And I thought that was it. I was going to have to fight my way into the cut uh, in round uh, round six. But uh, Nomalon went, hold my beer and uh, had me all the way. Uh, and just started destroying things, but um, uh, yeah, the, and, and some of the variants were just ridiculous, like Boba Fett dying uh, to a console fire um, and things mm. like that, just to pull me back into the game. Um, he had a range one shot at one of my jump masters and did nothing, and I had a range one shot back at him, completely unmodded, and managed to get two hits and a crit. So it's just it's that swing that just um, just brought me back. Um, but it's interesting. Um, well, sorry. No, go. Uh, um, well, it's interesting talking talking about variants. I, I um, had a, a meeting with a charity I work with in, in London. So, turns out that Milton Keynes is halfway on the way back to civilization. Uh, so, I popped in and, and chatted on a couple of the streams, and I got a chance to talk to loads of different people who'd finished early and that sort of stuff. And it turns out that if you had two or more losses, you also have a story about terrible dice. I mean, invariably everybody who was was out of it in terms of making the cut had a story about about variants and how much dice had affected them through the day and whilst everyone wants to to blame dice there was an, there were other blokes going well i won this game and you'll never guess what the dice did i got that win because um, I don't feel that those players were blaming dice, but I do feel that that variant is making a real impact on how people feel about the competitive game and how they feel about winning and losing uh, competitive games. So it's it's yeah. no surprise what what Darren says about uh, jump masters having crazy variants. Not least because getting mods on those things is really hard. Yeah, yeah. 
it, it's no surprise to me um, that if you we're, we're going to talk about the winner uh, and the winning list and also the lists that um, hit top four um, that th- those are lists that massively minimise the variance um, to to one extent or another um, and that was something that happened towards the end of version one was the metas polarised into people flying three or four different lists that you know hugely minimised defensive or offensive variance so you know Loric throwing things around and harpoon missiles and double modded attacks and all that sort of stuff became common and easy to get. Um, and it's not so easy to get in, in version two. It still isn't. There are some ways to do it, um, but they tend to be expensive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of the lists that are putting a lot of power on the table or a lot of ships on the table are relying on getting average dice, um, you know, like five X-Wings. I think one guy went to five X-Wings uh, with five X-Wings to top eight. Um, and, you know, he was clearly flying them very, very well. But then against um, his top eight opponent, Chris Benson, they just crashed out. You know, his dice just didn't hold up yeah. for him on a couple of turns where he was throwing on modded attacks because um, he'd had the eight turn of block or whatever. It's interesting what that does to design space because if you're forcing people to make a choice between rolling a lot of dice and seeing how you get on at the weekend or taking very expensive... Yeah, the... the if you have a situation where the choice is between expensive passive mods or expensive double mods and a dice rolling, throw a lot of dice and stuff and see how you get on, then the winner of the tournament is either the person who's, who's rolled the best dice, which doesn't really seem like a, a great way to spend the weekend unless you really like snakes and ladders, or alternatively, it becomes a super elite competition and and a lot of the problems with 1.0, where people moaned about playing the same list over and over, come back in. I mean, Bobber was everywhere, everywhere. There were Scum was basically twice as popular as any other faction, and yeah. Bobber was on on every second board as I walked yeah. around the hall on, on and, Saturday. It was just incredible. And Bobber's one of the easiest ways to minimise your. Um, you know, you put Bobber uh, Bobber Fett on the board with Maul and Slave One, and you've minimised variance with that build of that ship. And then what you do with your other 100 points or however many you've got left after you do that is, you know, that that's the decision point. Um, um, so with that, I think, because we could talk about the, the changes to variants and we have before um, for quite some time. Um, just having a chat about the, the meta itself, you, you've called out there, Bob, that Scum was massively more popular. Least popular factions were, I think, Resistance and Separatists. And then yeah. everybody else was kind of around about the same. But Scum were about 25% of the field. Um, so they were a, a, a huge... And I think in all of those scum lists, or most of those scum lists, you'd have had a Boba, yourself excluded, and Darren probably a couple, yeah. of, other, couple of others around the place that, that hadn't got a Boba in because there would have been a few quad fangs about as well. Um, but it does just call out, you know, if, if you can minimise variance really easily with a single ship on the board like a Boba Fett, a lot of players will just go to that. And there'll have been as many Boba Fetts on the bottom tables as on the top tables, because just having Boba doesn't mean that you're good with them. Um, you know, there was only two scum players actually made top 16, um, and that was uh, Craig Reed, who had Boba, Fenn, and Lom Lom, Julian Hood's list from the Open, um, and there was Timo, who won it in the end. So, you know, there weren't that many Bobas once you got into the sharp end of things, which says, you know, he might be good, but he's not easy to play. No, and then no. and, and Bobber is incredible as far as a meta core goes at the minute. Not only 
because he's got the passive mods built in. But when you've got Slave 1 that's a one-point upgrade, you've got a massive bid built in, and then you've also got the fact that he's also Initiative 5. Um, when you look at a lot of the ships that have been taken out of hyperspace or made not competitive in hyperspace, so Wedge has gone, Vader doesn't have afterburners. Mm-hmm. Let's not even talk about Sunfak and Nantex. Um, mm-hmm. Anakin in his uh, Delta 7B is, isn't there. So there are very few Initiative 6 ships that can bid as deep, if if any. Um, I mean, Von Reg's new and around, but he's not. He's, he's untested because he's new. Um, Poe's there, but Poe's expensive. Um, and Fen Rao. So they're really the only ones that are going that you're going to come up against with, with Boba. And what that means is you've got that great ability to go um, and use the Slave 1 title and then boost um, to just really get yourself out of trouble and put yourself in a position where you've then got your passive mod from Fearless and, and uh, Darth Maul uh, and your rerolls. Yeah. Um, and Boba and Bobber has a very good counter to stuff that is higher than him in that he's got uh, the bomb slot and he's got uh, the um, cargo chute. And actually, if you're trying to get into his flank or, or behind him uh, so that you can you can decide the range of the engagement, you know, you don't you decide that you'll stay at range two rather than boost into range one, avoid the reroll with your ace. It, it gives him a lot of ways of avoiding aces chasing him down so it's yes he's got slave one against the stuff that's lower initiative but he's also got tools that he can use quite effectively against the aces when he does come across them yeah Yeah. so i mean we've danced around it uh, enough so um and i've I've mentioned it briefly so congratulations to timo rab or timo rabe uh, from germany um who won the event um just before we started recording um so uh he uh was flying um Boba Fett, um, but he filled his list in with Koshka Frost, so it was twin fire sprays. So he's he's done a few interesting things here, um, and I don't entirely understand what all of this stuff does. So mm-hmm. um, he has Koshka Frost with triple zero, proton bombs, rigged cargo chute, and a hull upgrade. And then Boba Fett had more proton bombs, contraband cybernetics, hull upgrade, and slave one. So I'm happy with Boba Fett. He's 110 points. The yep. list itself is 199 points. Koshka is 89 um, what's the interaction there with Kosh- Koshka Frost and Triple Zero and, and what's going on? So Koshka's ability is she gets a reroll against ships that are stressed. Okay. Um, and so Triple Zero, I was using Triple Zero on Nom Lom, but paired with BT for the, the shenanigans that go there. But um, with Koshka Frost um, and BT, basically, and, and Triple Zero, you effectively start of engagement phase, you pick a ship that's at range zero to one. Um, you get to measure all the ships that are range zero to one. You get to pick one of them and basically say to your opponent, either you take stress or I get to calculate. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Koshka, it's giving her a re-roll or a calculate. Um, and I believe it's on offense and defense. Yeah, um, I've, just, I've yeah. just looked it up and it's not charge based. So it's any time. So yeah. while your yeah. defender perform an attack, if the enemy ship is stressed, you may re-roll one of your dice. Which immediately makes me think about the ship that was the most commonly seen thing at the Sith Taker Open was the Fang. Yeah. Um, and there'll have been a lot of A-wings in lists and a lot of people doing linked actions and things yep. like that. You do all of that stuff and Koshka says, thank you very much, I'll take a free re-roll against you now. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I played uh, my round six game yes, uh, yesterday was um, against a um, triple infiltrator, uh, a triple uh, silencer list. 
and um, we were talking about the interaction of BT, and it was like, ah, that's not great for me because um, they're uh, silencers and they like to be uh, stressed because they focus boost or focus roll. What does BT1 do? BT1 gets to turn a hit to a crit for every uh, stress token the uh, ship has when okay. shooting at it, which is great when you pair it with an auto blaster and you're out of their arc because they yeah. can't cancel it as as my opponent's rush found out when I got three crits on him and he rolled triple evade and couldn't cancel any of them. That's pretty cool that, that Timo's made that meta call. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's smart, isn't it? It's, it's a very, very smart decision to go with that. Yeah, the, and you look at the... With where the, the meta is and the ships that are in hyperspace. Yeah, and you look at the rig shoot there as well. That's another way to just hand out stress. Uh, yeah. Because guess what? That's an action. So if you can put yourself in a position where you can drop that rig shoot for your action, you get an offensive re-roll and a defensive re-roll and a potential calculate in there as well. Yeah, so it, nice. it's it, it's a good meta call for, for what's going on. And it's um, Initiative 3, so it's going before Jump Masters, it's going before X-Wings and Advanced and uh, Droids and things like that. So it, it, you're effectively an ace against those yeah. things. It's a good list. It's very solid. Um, and obviously, he's flown it very well. I watched a few of the games um, on uh, on the stream. So, Farcast or Farstrom Farcast or whatever they're called, um, the guys from uh, down that way towards Milton Keynes, um, Tom and um, Phil and that crowd, um, they did a great job of uh, streaming, uh, as did Simon from First Earth. So, um, yeah, got to got to have a bit of a watch of how Timo was flying Bob and Koshka, and he really was doing... Um, a bang-up job of keeping himself in minimum arcs or getting his re-rolls. And the other thing about that is that people forget how good um, Maul is. It's like, oh, it's just yeah, a yeah. force. But it's also, you know, if you go into a swarm, um, Maul regenerates every time you take a damage anyway. So yeah. you can reinforce and have Maul, and it's like, yeah, I'll take one, and then I'll get my force back. And then I'll take one, and then I'll get my force back. And so every defensive, you know, thing you've got, re-rolls, you've got one force, Um so I mean it's it's just a crazy good list to be honest and, and he's done really well um, so he beat in the final um, a guy called Jose Maria Hungaro Liarte who's from Spain um, who was flying uh, two arcs um, and then uh, so they were the seventh squad or squad seven veterans um, Rick Olea with uh, Outmanoeuvre um, I think oh no Daredevil sorry and then Obi-Wan with Calibrated Laser Targeting um, so yeah um, looked like a bit of a close game, but um, at one point Timo dumped aforementioned rigged cargo shoot on both of the arcs, and then they basically got murdered by Koshka and Bubba, um, and then he caught Obi, and then it was suddenly game over. So, did either of you get to watch that game? I didn't see that one. I I caught it. Uh, no, I caught the tail end of it. Um... So I'd uh, just gotten back at that point and saw the I saw just in time to see uh, Obi Wan take a uh, panicked pilot um, yeah. and put himself in a really difficult position to then it basically just be nuked. Um, so it's pretty yeah. much over from that. Um, yeah, I so definitely that was, um... I definitely watched that when I got home. I definitely wasn't watching it in the car while stuck in traffic on the M1. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then um, just quickly touch on um, the top four as well. Uh, so 
uh, Chris Bengtsson, the uh, the Swedish member of the One Eight Six Squadron podcast. Um, everyone say hello to my cat because not the only Swedish everyone. member of the One Eight Six podcast. So, yes, sorry, Jesper. Like Jesper doesn't listen to podcasts anymore. Um, pretty sure we can say um, what we want about it, then. Yeah. Uh, so don't um, don't. <laughs> so um, Chris was flying um, uh, triple Jedi. So he had Plo, um, Obi, and Ashoka, and then he had Ricolae with outmaneuver, uh, and the Jedi just with um, CLT. So that's an interesting list. Similar to something I tried and discounted because um, I find that the Jedi melted. Turns out they don't if you're any good with them. Uh, so that was good. Um, and then the other top four was... Uh, I haven't got the guy's name, so that's bad. Um, Darren, can you remember what he was called? I can't remember what his name was. But he was the guy that I played uh, in top 32 and he knocked me out. Um, and it was a, a really good list, actually. So it was... Um, he's got Von Reg, the new guy. Um, with Outmaneuver and um, the Regen, whatever fuel cells or it is, um, for the First Order. Um, and then he had three SFs, um, just the, the base standard um, PS2, and um, Lieutenant something or other, the PS1 uh, TIE FO. Um, which is the if something at range zero to two takes a if if an uh, yeah if a ship at zero to two takes a uh, red or an orange token um, you can acquire a lock on them. Um, the biggest thing for me in that matchup was that he was at one nine five and I was at one nine seven, so he took first player. So it meant that I couldn't block. Yeah. Um, which is one of the big things that cost me that game. I lost mods and uh, just started to lose ships. Okay, and so I mean, it's he was the the highest finish in first order, and that's a, a strong list. People have been talking about first order, but not with this squad. So it's interesting that he's done uh, well with this list. Um, so um, I've picked up his name as Antonio Vega, um, or something along those lines. Um, I'm not quite doing fly better podcast levels of name butchery here, so uh, <laughs> I'm going I'm to just take it as I go. Um, and the yeah. internet thanks you. <laughs> so, Although, um, to be fair, they're American, so they struggle to pronounce words like Smith. And, and aluminium. Um, exactly. So um, I think that's probably all we've got time for, really, or all we really want to talk about. So um, just, again, massive congratulations to Timo for winning um, he's been in the cut and in the hunt for a number of the big, big events for a while since he won German Nationals a few years ago. Um, but this is the first time he's brought it home for a few uh, for, for a little while. So, yeah, well done to him. Um, have you got any shout-outs that you want to make, Darren, from the event? Um, just to, to kind of everyone, so there's a couple of things. Um, one, I watched uh, while I was waiting for my top-round cut. I saw the most absurd amount of mathematical probability from Ollie Pocknell, um, which was basically right at the end of his game. He had a Fang who had just taken a shot from Duchess at range one. Duchess had spent her folk, uh, her force from fifth brother. Uh, and basically when the dice had settled, he had to take a crit. If this were direct hit, it would have killed the Fang. He flips the crit uh, or he could have spent the focus to not take it. He flips the crit. The crit is a console fire. 
so this was after he'd gone through searching through his uh, his other killed ships damage cards. Asked the judge, "Yep, it's it's open information. You can have a look." Found out how many damage uh, direct hits there were. Did the maths on what it could be. Um, flipped it. Console fire. So again, then he's got a fifty-fifty chance of that ship dying. Rolls blank. Then he rolls his attack, range one, in arc against Duchess, and gets, uh, I think it was like, uh, hit, crit, eyeball. Luckily, he hadn't spent the uh, the focus on offense, because if he had, his opponent would have won. If he'd have rolled a hit on the console fire, his opponent would have won. If he'd have flipped a direct hit, which there were five left in the deck, his opponent would have won. Because uh, his opponent rolled his defense dice and rolled uh, an evade and uh, a blank, but he had an evade token. So again, it, that was just just absurd. Um, and I think the other one has to go Fun. to kind of everybody that was in the uh, the top sixty four. Because let's be honest, we did it the proper way. Uh, currently, there's a system open going on in America where they've got a top fifteen. Um, oh, so whereas everyone today in the tiny European meta went six rounds to, to make it to the final they went about I think it's about a game and a half they've got to play um, so basically <laughs> they, they turn up and they win a game and that's it they get their world's invite so they've got to make Aww. it easy for themselves right well I mean can't they just go down somebody's front room and do it um, I mean, I'm pretty sure they are, but it is Texas, so their front rooms are the size of a football stadium because they're all okay. oil barons. <laughs> so um, just at, at time like... of recording... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Um, I'm trying to find the guy's name that I watched playing with um, Bobba, who did some stuff that I had never seen Bobba do before. In particular, um, he was positioning Bob very deliberately using the obviously the length of the uh, length of the medium base but also doing a one forward and then boosting rather than either doing a two forward or a three forward to really line himself up very nicely and I've never seen that done before and I was super impressed with with the player positioning himself that finely and it worked out for him um it was uh game i commented on on the uh firestorm squadron stream but i can't remember the guy's name which is really annoying me but uh massive shout to him um it was it was neat to see what can be done with those fire sprays and and there are a lot of things that i think are going to to happen over the next few months with fire sprays in terms of how people are playing and and what people are doing with them i think people are discovering that there is even more to them than they thought who's keeping the categories is that yours, Cat Rich? Yeah, that's my cat. I just hit mute oh. as he started shouting at me, but he wants to go outside, but Storm Kiara's telling him he's not allowed to, so um, he keeps asking. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, guys. Um, so it was great um, to have a quick chat with so you, catch up about it. Um, we're going to have a maybe a bit of a catch-up later on or try and get some um, content from some of the other guys that were down at the event so as I said before we had about nine guys from City Acres that managed to get down um, so we're going to have a bit of a chat about them uh, just to mention at time of recording um, there's 45 minutes left at Fort Worth and Duncan Howard is 129 to 91 points up but Boba Fett has been on four hull he's now on three since the first engage um, about an hour ago and he's still not losing any health so um, oh he's just popped another droid 
Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm going to watch that one to completion. Um, but uh, that's all we've got time for. So uh, just to say goodbye from me and goodbye from Bob. Ta-da. And goodbye from Darren. Then it shouts at me. Then it makes noise, doesn't it? No, you take your vibrate and noise. You're basically being dominated by a cat and a phone. Yep. <laughs>